I want to talk to you today about the word resurgence. Everybody say that word, resurgence. Everybody said, "Uh uh-oh, big word, big word. That word means simply to rise again to life. Rise again to life. It means to come back or to make a new start. It means personal revival or renewal after a period of decline or inactivity. And uh, I don't know about you, but I welcome the season of resurgence. I think it's happening right here at Restoration. And I, I just want to tell you something. I felt it when I stood here worshiping with this great music team today and Dean and Lisa. Jesus is here today. He's here today, and he's here today to call some dead things back to life. Jesus is here to restore some things that have been broken and destroyed. He's here to strengthen your faith and to restore your confidence in God and to restore your heart. He's here to encourage some of you that walked in this room today discouraged. He's here and I just, want to, I just want to say a quick prayer that the Holy Spirit now will just take this word and drive it into our hearts. But more than that, that, that we would have a miraculous moment of visitation of the Holy Spirit with the power of his word right now. Heavenly Father, we just pray now that this word, that your word would come alive in us. Lord, I, I know I'm just a human being that is so flawed, but I've prayed and sought your face. And by faith right now, according to your word, I step into your anointing and into the calling that you've given me. And I pray that you will now touch your people with your miraculous presence in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember when the word resurgence first came alive in my heart. It was years ago, years ago when I really felt the Lord leading us to put together a prayer room. We did not have a specific place to pray, and the Lord called us to have a prayer room. It's a small space, and that space, you know, is, it, that room is not holy just because it's a room. In fact, we may have to reposition that prayer room someday. We're growing so much, and we're certainly open to whatever the Lord wants to do. But I remember when we put that room together, and I asked one of the ladies in the church, Gwen Bragg, who is an interior decorator, I asked her to go in there and just make it a warm, inviting space for prayer. I wanted it to be a, a space for renewal. And I walked in when she was finished, and I thought, wow, this is beautiful. It's so comforting. It's so uh, inviting when you walk in. And, and um, I looked around the room, and on the right-hand side of the room, which is still there right now, there's a large painting that's on the wall, and it's nice. You know, it's just one of those paintings where it's, uh, I'll describe it to you in a minute, but it's got beautiful colors in it, and it fits in. And I thought, well, that, that's nice. And I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to that painting at that point. But weeks passed, maybe some, even some months passed by. I happened to be in there one day. Uh, I think I was praying by myself one day in the prayer room. And I happened to glance at that painting. 
And I thought, you know, there's something about this painting. And so I walked closer, and I started just looking at it. And I noticed that the artist had sketched on the painting, there's a kind of a gate that enters into a courtyard. It's a beautiful uh, courtyard filled with flowers and beautiful things. And in the center, there is a water fountain. The whole place just speaks of life and, you know, spring perhaps and this uh, stone gateway sort of there's an entrance that you've got to walk into this place and on that gate there was a word that was etched I'd never noticed and I got close real close to it and it was a word that I've never heard of it was a form of resurgent I, I grabbed my pen and I wrote down the letters because it wasn't spelled exactly resurgent it had a little different spelling to it and I went home and grabbed my big, I have one of these, a couple of big dictionaries. I love words and big dictionary. I started looking it up and I found out that it was a Latin word that the artist had sketched on there and it was the word that means resurrection. It was a form of the word resurgence. Even when I say that, I just felt the presence of the Lord just saying that. It was a form of the word resurgence. So I went back to the painting. I stood there and I thought, this, this, there's more to this painting than I, that I need to look at. And I began to understand that this was a Christian artist. We didn't know anything about it. When Gwen bought it, I asked her. She said, I just picked it out. I saw it in the store and I just bought it. She didn't buy it because of any particular reason. But when I began looking, I realized this is a Christian artist. He's trying to express his faith. And I realized that he was talking about entering in through this gate into the presence of life and having resurrection and being restored and going into a place of resurgence. And as I looked, all of a sudden at the top of the painting, you can go look at it yourself, but it's very lightly, you almost have to just strain to see it, was the face of Jesus. It's clear, and I, when I saw it, I thought, oh, my goodness. Isn't it amazing that Jesus is present to restore us? Sometimes, and we don't even realize that he's there. We don't realize that in the midst of our darkness and confusion and difficulties that the Lord is really wanting to lift us up, and he's there calling us to come into the presence of his life and resurrection. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17 with me. And this is a well-known passage of Paul. He said uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Let me just stop here with that sentence. He is a new creation. He's in Christ. If you've asked the Lord to come into your life, some people don't realize, and I've used this illustration a million times, but the little preposition in means that if this Bible represents Jesus, the relationship that we have that when we come into Christ is that you come into Him and you are completely surrounded because you are inside of Christ himself. You are in him. And Paul used that phrase around 40 times through his writings. And then he says that, that we become a new 
creation. A creation is something that only God can do. He creates by his own power and might. So when we come into Christ, he creates something that is new. And the word new here means brand new. The Greek word kanos, and it means something that was previously unknown. In other words, the Lord takes you, forgives you of your sins, and makes you become something that you have never been before because you are in Christ and in his love. Amen? And then he says something else. He says this phrase, the old has passed away. And behold, behold, the new has come. And that's the sentence that I want to land on for a few minutes. First, he says, the old has passed away. How many can say today, I may not be what I want to be, but praise God, I'm not what I used to be. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. You're not what you used to be. You, some of you remember what you used to be, and you don't even want to talk about it. I understand. But Jesus said that here's the good news. The old has passed away. It's gone. It's died. That's not to say that you're perfect right now, because you're not. We're all imperfect. We still struggle with flesh, but that old nature is gone. There was a definite moment in time when Jesus changed you and made you, created you to become a new person. You were reborn and spiritually through the power of Christ, there was a resurrection in your life. And Paul says you've been changed, forgiven, redeemed, justified. You are perfected in Christ. You've been changed. You've got a new reference point. Your priorities have changed. Amen? Amen. Your destination has changed. Amen? The old life is gone. So let me just uh, testify with you. How many know the old life, the old you? Has truly passed away. Do you know that? Hallelujah. It's different. It's different now. But this passage is more than just a little teaching about salvation. That's, that's what I just talked about. The old has passed away. It, it, there's something else here that I want you to see. This scripture also is talking about an ongoing process of resurgence. An ongoing process of renewal and personal revelation that starts in salvation, but it continues all the way till we get home to be with Jesus. Because secondly, Paul starts, he said, behold, the new has come. Now, when the author, when Paul wrote behold in, in the Greek language, that word behold is sort of like underlining bolding, using all caps, and then putting an exclamation mark there. Behold! He wants to get our attention because he's saying, now I'm about to tell you something that is absolutely profound. I'm about to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. That's really what Paul is saying. And he says, the new has come. He changes and I'm not just trying to talk about grammar here in the, in the text, but it's so important for you to get this. He changes the verb tense. Instead of using something that 
just happened in a past like he used a different verb in the first part. He changed it to a completely different verb tense. And this is what it means. Hear this. It means it happened back here, but it has an ongoing continuous sense about it. In other words, it happened back here, but it's still happening right now. Well, you better get this because this will change the way you look at yourself. Paul said in the book of Romans that the old order, the old slave master is no longer in control. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he is the Lord of glory. And now, according to Jesus, he The Holy Spirit abides in us, and Jesus is Lord of our life, and greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. There's a new reality. There's a new order. You have a new spiritual address, and Jesus said you've been grafted into the vine, Jesus Christ, and you're a member of the royal family of Jesus Christ, and this is a continual blessing. It is a continual process. The new has come and is continuing to come every moment of your life to transform you. So, amen. What this means is that when you leave today, if you receive the word of the Lord and in faith, that you're going to be transformed more than you were when you walked in the door. Because the Word of God, you cannot receive the Word of God and stay in the same place. When you receive this Word, you're going to be changed. You see, it's a new creation. We now hear from heaven. Oh, now, Pastor, my Don, you're, you're getting kind of way. You, you're talking about hearing God. Yes. We now hear from heaven. We now receive instruction from the Holy Spirit. We now, right now, we have access to the throne of God. Right now, you have supernatural power living in you, and it's upon you, and there are spiritual gifts working in your life, and there is dunamis, supernatural ability that God has given to you, and we receive all of that through prayer. Amen? Amen. If you don't believe that, Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. The writer said, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of God that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Is there anybody in the house that's living in a time of need? A time of need, yes, yes. A time of need. I don't, you know, and needs are so varied. There's all kinds of different needs. But whatever the issue is in your life, because you are a new creation and because this newness is working continually in you, Jesus said, just come into the throne room. Come to me in prayer and trust me. I'll be there to help you through any time of need that you experience in your entire lifetime. This is a new order. This is a new creation. 1 John 3, verse 1. John said, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. 
Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. You may not feel like you mix well sometimes with certain crowds in the world. Maybe you don't blend in as well as some people blend in. It doesn't make any difference if you've got a title or a name or a reputation or a popularity a level of any kind. The only thing that matters is you know Father. And you are a different order. And you are walking through this world. And we have an ongoing sense of newness in our life. Resurgence and renewal and revelation that is happening continually. And it's amazing who we are. Oh, I just wish we could all just have a miraculous moment of identity recognition. If we could just be awakened in the spirit and look around this room, this room is packed with royal children of God, the sons and the daughters of the kingdom of God. And on your head, there are crowns of authority and power, and there is love and grace that is covering your life. If we could just see it, if we could see one another through those kinds of eyes, I read a story just recently of a man by the name of Jay Spites, 66 years old, living in Rockville, Maryland. After his father died, he had this insatiable hunger to know more about his roots, to know where his family came from. And he spent hours investigating. He went on Ancestry.com, and he was just looking and searching and Finally, he got so desperate, he said, well, I'm going to send in one of these DNA tests. You know, you take a thing and you send it in and they, they, they follow your roots and find out where you've come from and all of that. And you can imagine how shocked this African-American man was. In fact, he's a, a pastor of the church in Maryland. He was shocked when the results revealed that his distant cousin, he had a distant cousin that lived in Benin. Now, I don't know anything about, about Benin, but I read that it's a small country in Africa. And so, that really piqued his interest, and he started investigating and uh, doing more thorough testing, and a new test came back and alerted him that he had royal, listen to this, royal DNA in his blood. Whoa. By the time it was over, he ended up having a conversation with the American-speaking king of Benin and learned that he was a direct descendant of King Decca who ruled in that country in the 1700s. Guess what? They flew him to Benin. And when he got there at the airport, they gave him a royal welcome. With music and dances, dancing, they came out and put a white laced robe on him, put a crown on his head, and said, you are a prince to us because your DNA links you to our king. He was given a new name. His name was called Vatican Deca, which means the child who came back. And now he plans to visit Benin every year just to remember that he is a prince. Oh, Jesus, help me. I just want to tell you something. 
I just want to tell you something, that this morning you had the royal DNA that flows through your spiritual life. You are a royal member of the family of God. If you have received Jesus Christ, you are kin to Jesus himself. You are his brother in Christ. You are his relative. You are a child of God. Oh, somebody raise your hand and just thank him right now. Hallelujah. You're a royal priesthood. That's what Peter said. You're part of a holy nation. And God wants to restore this order. It is ongoing. It is present tense. It's, this is something that is happening. You are walking in newness of life, and that newness is called resurgence. There is an undertow in your spiritual life of continual resurgence and renewal that is going on in your life. You see, our relationship with Jesus was never meant, please hear this, it was never meant to be a one-time experience where you said a sinner's prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. But something you did 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 40 years ago, and you just let that just say, well, it's done. I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. And that's all there is. And then it sort of gets cold and distant. It becomes irrelevant. Unless you begin to walk out resurgence, a daily renewing and revelation and understanding and walking in your identity as a child of God. It's just like my marriage. And I have my wife, Linda, here on the front. Linda, stand up, honey. I, I'm going to talk about you. This year will be 50 years of anniversary for us. But this is what I've learned about marriage, and I do a lot of marriage counseling here, but it's an ongoing relationship. A marriage is more than a wedding. Let me just say that one more time because I didn't get very many amens, and I want to hear a lot of husbands right now with big amens. A marriage is more than a wedding. Amen. It's an ongoing process. And Linda and I, in these 50 years, we've discovered that it involves investing in each other in an ongoing process. We have to keep loving each other through seasons of life, through downturns in life, through good times in life, through all the sickness, through, you know, those vows really do mean something. We need times of renewal. If our marriages need that ongoing renewal. Our spiritual lives need ongoing renewal. The Lord is wanting to repair our hearts, renew our, heart, our minds, restore our strength, reveal our purpose, rejuvenate our faith. And it's not just a one-time event or an annual event. It's got to become a constant event. Why? Because every morning that you wake up, you wake up to face a battlefield against the world, the flesh, and the devil. 
and a one-time renewal six months ago is not going to fix what I've got to face in the morning when I wake up. Because the devil, he is, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knows how to push the buttons just right. But I'm so thankful that God has given us authority. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. But that sense of authority and identity has to be restored on a continual basis as a new creation in Christ. You are entitled to newness. Newness. Not the old stuff that drags you down, but newness in Jesus Christ. Colossians 3, verse 9. Look at this. Colossians 3, verse 9. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. That's the old that is supposed to pass away. Amen? And notice verse 10. And you have put on the new self, which is, oh, hear this, being, present tense, it is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. So the Lord said, you have received this newness, but it's in the process of being renewed, rejuvenated, restored. There is this sense of every day we need something new from the Lord. We don't have to accept defeat. We don't have to accept depression. We don't have to accept endless cycles of, of sin and where the devil is pounding us. There are endless possibilities for resurgence in your life. New miracles, new levels of grace, new revelation. See, God's nature is that he makes all things new. <laughs> he does. He just, he, that's his nature. He's a God of new things. And he loves to make you new. In the morning, he wants to make you brand new tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon, when the grind is coming, he wants to make you brand new. Tomorrow afternoon. There's something invigorating and refreshing about newness. It's, it's inspiration. I told my class Wednesday night, and by the way, I'm talking this Wednesday night about handling personal pressure and stress, and I hope that you'll be here. But I, I told the class Wednesday night that I've been praying this prayer, Lord, inspire me. I've been praying that over and over because I want to speak the heart of God. I, I want to bring to the table God's strategies. I want to see new solutions to old problems. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I want to confront the powers of darkness with the authority of Christ. Not the authority of Don Munn, but the authority of Christ. I want to encourage and bless others. And for that to happen, resurgence takes place. I, I don't like stale. <laughs> I don't do stale very good. I mean, who wants a piece of stale toast? Like an old piece of toast that you say, I don't think I want that. I'm just going to put that over the side and I'll eat that tomorrow. Give me a break. I want my toast fresh. And usually I like it saturated with butter and good jelly. But stale doesn't work for me. Has your walk with God become stale? Stale. 
Has your faith and expectancy become stale? Has your time in the Word and in prayer become stale to you? Has your fellowship with God become stale to you? I went outside Friday, and it was such a beautiful day. It was in the 70s. The sun was shining. When I walked out the front and stood in my front yard, I, I... I felt like I was hearing about 10,000 birds singing at one time. I mean, they were singing their heads off. And I began looking around, and my neighbors got this tulip tree, and it was in full bloom. And, and I started walking around my house, and I noticed my little rose bush, green sprouts coming out all over it. And, and bushes along the side of my house had new sprouts and green things. And I looked at my grass, and I thought, oh, green grass is coming up. I almost felt like singing, spring, spring, spring. Spring is bursting out all over. Actually, it's June, but for me, I'll say spring. That's what I felt. New flowers, green grass, all remind me of something, that God gives new life, that God renews and restores. And there are some people in this room, I know that you're here because I've been praying about this, and I felt it in my spirit that some of you have been going through dark, tough seasons and you feel discouraged and desperate. And the Lord sent me here to tell you that the Lord wants to give you a new spring, not just in your yard, but in your heart, in your mind. I, I looked at the Passion Translation, which, which is a, it's a beautiful commentary paraphrase. It's not, a, not an exact translation of Scripture like the ones that we, we study, but it's a beautiful paraphrase. And I, I looked at the Song of Solomon. You know, the Song of Solomon is a celebration of marital love, and it's, that's the main purpose, I believe, of the book. But there's also a powerful spiritual overtone in it of King Jesus drawing us as his beloved ones to himself. And I want, I want to read this to you. It says, oh, my goodness. This just feels so prophetic to me. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. And the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. Verse 13, can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purpose and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers, there is a change in the air. And then he ends it by saying, Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. Woo! A new season, a time of renewal, a time of restoration. I know it's been a long winter. Good gracious, it's been a long year. 
you that are watching on screen right now and you're at home and you couldn't be here today, I know it's been a long winter. We love you, by the way. And you're not here in, in person, but we want you to know that this body loves you. If you're sitting in your home and you're not able to get out or you're troubled by things, it's been a long season. Some of you have been hurt. You've been wounded. Some of you have been depleted and weakened. Some have been di disappointed in so many ways and overwhelmed by life. And you feel like, I've failed the Lord and I'm struggling with my commitment. We've all been impacted this, in this winter season by something. I mean, John Hopkins just came out with a study this last week that since last March, 529,000 Americans have died of COVID. That means they said that one out of almost every four Americans can say they've lost a friend or a family member to this disease. And I'm not here to argue the validity of those numbers. I, I'm not that smart. But I do know that we've been through a winter season of sadness and confusion and anxiety on so many different le levels, politically, financially, educationally, emotionally. And counselors and mental health professionals are all reporting large numbers of troubled people right now. But there is something else that is happening right now. There is a resurgence that is going on. God is speaking to his church right now. God is calling his children to come close to him right now. I'm reading about revivals breaking out across America. And I'm so glad that Restoration Church is one of those places of renewal. I don't know. I don't know what's ahead. I really don't know. I don't know what's coming. But I, I do feel some things. It's getting more and more difficult for you just to stand on the fence of faith. It's time for us to declare who we are, that we are true believers who are in Christ, that old things have passed away and we are in a process of resurgence, that we are Jesus followers. There was a moment in the history of Israel that Moses had to stand up because people were worshiping and dancing around idols and it was a sin against Yahweh. And he finally just stood up and said, whoever is on the Lord's side, come over here and stand by me. And I just feel Jesus is calling the church right now in this place of winter and darkness. And he's saying, if you belong to me, come around me and find my presence because there is resurgence around me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do you need to, to change in your life? What do you need to get a hold of in your life? Many are asking. They say, you know, why can't I change? I, I want to change, Don. I, I really do. I, I need to change, but I don't seem to have the, the strength. I don't have the, the sense of inner strength to do what I need to do. So people, you know, they join health clubs and 
go on diets and read books and join groups and seek professional advice and start new programs. I'm not saying that's, that's bad, but we need more than just human effort. We need more than just human talent. We need more than just human solutions. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There are teachers out there, and there are religions, and there are cults out there that they just want to underline the potential that is in you, that you've got an energy source inside of you, that you've got some light inside of you, that you are a winner, that you are a success. You, you, you. But let me tell you what Jesus said. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Without Jesus Christ, you're going to be empty. Resurgence happens around, please see this, resurgence happens around the presence of Jesus. That's why he's calling us close. That's why he's saying, come away with me. The winter's past. Open your mind. Open your heart to the miracles and the possibilities of Jesus Christ. Uh, you in the, uh, up in the balconies, listen to me. Open your hearts. You there in the back of the room, open your minds to, to what Jesus can do. On this side of the room, open your minds and your hearts. Listen, all my brothers and sisters, open your mind and your heart to what God can do in you. Ephesians 3.20, Paul said, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to this power, Holy Spirit power that is working in us. Some say they believe in God. Maybe some of you in this room say this, oh, I believe in God. But the truth is that your faith is so limited because there's no expectation of change in your life. There's no expectation of restoring in your life. Many don't believe that God can actually impact them and change their daily life, much less meet a real-time need in their life because their mind is closed to the possibility. Some talk about the problems in their marriage and in their finances, in their relationship. They, they talk about the problems they're having in their life. And when you say to them, have you tried praying about that? H have you surrendered that to Jesus? H have you considered what God can do, what His Word will say about that? Have you opened up the Bible and read? They look at you like you come from a different planet. Because their mind isn't open. Oh, when we open up, things happen. Open your heart. This is where resurgence can happen to you. Don't let anything stand between you and Jesus right now. I, I plead with you. Don't let hurts from your past. Don't, don't let your pride and the concern for your personal image get in the way. Don't let the fears of looking foolish to somebody that you know that you want to impress get in your way. Don't let your disappointment with life, your anger at God get in your way. Someone told you that you don't need to get spiritual. Don't you let that get in your way. Open up your heart. 
you notice that we love the word restoration here. And that word on our sign, you would be shocked if you could hear all the stories that we've heard of how many people come into this church because they see the word restoration on our sign or they sit on our website and they have a broken, messed up life and they're desperate to find a place that they can be healed. I prayed with a man on the phone this week with addiction issues and trouble in his life and he accepted Christ on the phone because God can do the miraculous because resurgence has happened. It's happening. It's not just in the past. It's happening. Psalm 23, 3, he restores my soul. Psalm 147, 3, he heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. Wow. In closing, I want to just challenge you to believe in Jesus right now. Not, Not in the past. Not when you prayed the sinner's prayer. Not 10 years ago, five years ago, six months ago, but this Sunday, right now, I want to challenge you. Jesus spoke to his disciples. He was about to go to the cross. And John 14, 16, and 17, 14, 15, 16, 17, those four chapters are some of the richest teachings of Jesus in the Bible And he's trying to get them ready. He said a lot of things to them. He said, the Father loves you just like he he loves me. He really does. And you're in me, and I'm in you. And he goes on and on and on. And after he gets, says a lot of great things in John 16, 31, he looked at his disciples. Oh, my goodness. And he asked them a poignant question, a question that, just shook them to the core. John 16, 31, Jesus answered them and said, do you now believe? And I want to ask you that question. Do you now believe? Because that will take you out of the winter season into a whole new season of resurgence. I read a a statement just, I think it's the best definition I've ever heard for faith. This is one of those write-downs. I wish I'd come up with this. I think Jack Graham's the one that came up with it. He said, faith is trusting God regardless of circumstances and our consequences. I'd never heard that before. Regardless of circumstances and regardless of consequences, we know all about circumstances, bad things happening, challenges coming. We know we're to believe God. But can I tell you something? There, is, there are consequences to your faith. I, like I said, I don't know what's coming, but there's going to be consequences to you being a now-believing 
Jesus follower. In this cancel culture that we are in, your social media may be canceled. There may be some people that will try to cancel your testimony. Oh, can I just say something right here? I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to tell you something. You can't cancel the Word of God. You can't. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my Word will never pass away. And you can't cancel Jesus because He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And they can't cancel you because God is working all things together for your good. But there's going to be consequences. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood before the king of Babylon and would not bow to the golden image. And there was consequences because they would not bow. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us, but if not, we will not serve your gods or bow to your golden image, they said. And so the king said, all right, you got to go to the fiery furnace. You'll be consumed. That's it. It's going to be the end of your life. You know the story. They threw them in the fiery furnace. The men that threw them in died. But Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, three faithful God followers, the Bible said they did not even have the scent of smoke on them. They would not bow and they would not burn because there was a fourth man in the fire and we know he is Jesus Christ. He is Jesus Christ. And they experienced resurgence in the fire. They brought him out. They were alive. Resurgence. And in your fiery place, in your fiery tribulation, in your dark place that you're in right now, if you will stand and believe now, God will bring you out of that place. There will be resurgence. Come to me if you're burdened down, Jesus said. If you're heavy laden, I will give you rest. Bow your heads with me. Oh, Jesus, we need resurgence. We need continual renewal and restoration. As you're just bowing in prayer right now, I pray that this message would just quicken you. Not anything that this man has said, but that the Holy Spirit would take his word and drive it into your place of woundedness and repair and restore and revive you. How many would say, Pastor, I, I have to be honest. I need a season of resurgence. I really do. Would you raise up your hand? No one's looking around. Just raise it up. I need that. I need up in the balconies. Yes, I see your hands. God bless you. God bless you. And I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. I know this is going to stretch some of you. And I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but I feel the weight of this moment. You'd have to be in my shoes and my heart right now. But I feel the weight of this moment that 
God has a mission he wants to fulfill here. He brought you here to do a healing in your life. And if you raised your hand, if you need resurgence, I'm not going to call you down here at the front. We don't have enough room, but I'm just going to simply ask you to stand. Stand up right now. If you raise your hands, you need resurgence. And, and you know the Lord is speaking to you. Not standing because anybody else is standing. This is you. You want to believe now. Jesus, you drive away the darkness. Jesus, Jesus, you conquer fear. Somebody else needs to stand. I'm waiting here for just a moment. Yes, yes, yes. God's going to honor this. God is going to honor this. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer over you that are standing right now. And I want everybody in the room to come into agreement with me. Resurgence happens in the presence of Jesus. And then we're going to just all stand and worship together. But I want to pray this prayer. And I believe the Lord is going to hear this prayer. I believe the Lord is going to move right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the sincere hunger and honesty that I see in this room. Men and women standing up in balconies all over this room because they know they need resurgence. They need renewal. They need restoration. Some of them have been walking through long winter seasons. They've been upset, disturbed. Some of them have felt forsaken and forgotten. There are people watching right now online that feel so isolated. And we just speak to them right now the hope, the peace of God right where they are. Now, Jesus, I pray that there would be now a supernatural strengthening and blessing over these that have stood. Right now, I speak life over you. In the authority of Jesus Christ, I speak healing over your soul, healing over your body, healing over your mind. Arise, arise, receive it, believe right now. The old has passed away, and the new is coming. I said the new is coming. It's coming. It's coming from the north and the south, the east and the west. It's coming to you. Thank you for doing it, Jesus. For we ask it all in your mighty name. Would you just give the Lord praise right now? Come on. Let's all stand together. Let's all stand together. Come on. Let's worship the Lord together. Hallelujah. Come alive.